Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. All right, so I'm going to dive right into it so we don't keep you guys for too long. Um, But the the message today, it's very simple, but it's very uh, unique. But the, the focus today is loving God and loving people. Now, the reason that's such an important thing is because ultimately, if we love God and we love people, we accomplish the fullness of all of God's Word. You know, so we're going to look at a scripture that reinforces that, but, you know, it seems really, really simple initially, but then when we think about it, we have to define love, what is love, how should love be shared towards God, how should love be shared towards others, and then, you know, in that passage, he says, love your neighbors, so also, I think, defining the word neighbors, who is the neighbors, who is God talking to when he says your neighbors, so one of the greatest gifts that God has given us is the ability to be loved and to love, how many of you would say amen to that? You know, just that nature inside of us to love and to be loved. So love is defined as an intense feeling of deep affection. So understanding love, it's a complicated thing, and many people have a hard time understanding what love is because we equate it with our earthly relationships by either being loved or being loved or not rather God's perfect love. So how many of you ever been in a relationship or you got hurt or... You live through it, right? You know, but we've seen our life is a byproduct of a, of a fractured love or, or something that wasn't done right, or maybe it wasn't fair, maybe it didn't work out. It is not perfected love. So if we're basing it on unperfected love, our understanding of love is going to be skewed. So we have to understand the love of God, which is perfect, and the Bible actually teaches that God is love by definition. So if we learn more who God is and maybe what He's not, it will help us understand better what love is so that in return we can love God and love people. 1 John 4, 6, it says, And we know and rely on on the love of God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in Him. So when we come to the knowledge of, of Christ, we have to understand that God's love is deposited within us. A measure of that love was deposited within us, and it gives us the ability to love well. Okay? The only way that we know what love is is through God. You know, it's not even through um, what the movies or Hollywood has, has kind of created it to be. Really, that type of love, even in, the, in that, you know, in those magical moments that they create, it still falls short of God's expectation of love, God's standard of love. So this is a child's view of love. So some children were asked, what is love? So one little girl answered, love is when mommy reads you a bedtime story. But true love is when she doesn't skip any pages. (laughs) And every parent says, I know what they mean by that. Once upon a time, the end. First John 4, 18 through 19, it says, there is no fear in love. So, So let me stop right there. How many of you have maybe at one point in your life been fearful of committing to a relationship because of fear? You didn't know how it was going to turn out. You didn't want to invest in it. You didn't want to open up your heart, maybe because you've been hurt in the past. And because of fear, it crippled you from trusting, 
from, from, from opening up and we, and you put maybe a defense system in place. You ever been there, done that? Or, you know, to some degree, like, man, I don't know. I know some people's lives are wrecked by that or because it happens over and over and over again. And then there's a wall that, that kind of protects around their heart and they never allow love in. But the problem is with not allowing love in, guess what? You can't let love out. So God has to begin to break that barrier if he's going to give us love. That, ball, that, that wall of hostility towards love has to be broken down and it has to be removed so that as he shows us what love in, is and he loves us, we can in turn give that love to God and to give it to others. So it has to be removed. So um, there is no fear in love, but perfect love, it drives out fear. It is, it is almost completely opposite of because fear has, no, has to do with punishment. So the one who fears is not made perfect in love. And verse 19, we love because he first loved us. And that's, that's, the, that's the number one staple. We love because he first loved us. So if God is in your heart, if you've asked him into your life, you can love others in the capacity that God loves others. And that love that God lavishes on you, you lavish that back on him. So the ability to love God demands of us, the, the, the type of love that he demands from us can only come from him. You guys realize that? That type of love to love God can only come from God. So this should be the one and the biggest traits of a Christ follower. The number one trait should be that we love. You say, well, I don't love people. I don't like people. I just have no compassion for people. Ask God to begin to change your heart. Because maybe you're stuck in that, in that wall device of not allowing the love of God to penetrate your heart. Because if the love of God begins to penetrate every area of your life, the characteristics, the traits, the way we think, the way we feel, they're going to align with God. We begin to love what God loves and we begin to hate what God hates. It's, it's going to be that process of changing if we allow that love to come in. So here's our core scripture, Matthew 22, 36 through 40. Verse 36, he says, teacher, this is the disciples, they were sitting around jib-jabbing and they're like, hey, let it, hey, what is the greatest commandment in the law? In verse 37, Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. In verse 30, 38, it says, this is the first and greatest commandment. Verse 39, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And then in verse 40, it says, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So what he's saying is if you love God and you love people, you will accomplish everything that the word, demand, the word demands of us. Every single one. And you're like, are you serious? Absolutely. Th think of anything that the word asks of you. You know, if it says, hey, to serve, well, if we love people, we're going to serve people. It says to forgive. If we love people, we're going to forgive people. <laughs> you know, you got to see that this dynamic is going to, every answer, the answer is love. But we first must love God so that our heart is right, and then he gives us the ability to love others. But it answers every single question. You know, he really simplified it. He said, I didn't want to overcomplicate it. I didn't want you, not that the law is not valuable for reading and looking at, but he wanted to simplify it. He says, if you do these two things, even the Ten Commandments, you can wrap those into those two commandments. Have no other gods before me. Okay, well, that would be loving God. Do not covet your neighbor's wife. Loving your neighbor. It'll cover, I mean, any, anything you can think of, it's going to cover it. Okay? 
So it says that, you know, one of, one of my dear friends, J.R. Danforth, this is a quote that he made. He said, the gospel is easy. Love God and love people. If we do those two things, we will be successful in this lifetime. He simplified it. And he was also about that lifestyle. He said, man, I just love God. I love people. And that was his biggest testimony. So our primary focus in loving God and loving people will always be in line with all that the word demands of us. So when I looked at that passage, you know, he states with all your with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And I, and I started studying that this week. And as I looked at it, you know, the, the word heart, it, actually, the Greek word is cardia, which where they get the word cardiac from. So when we talk about the heart, what it is referencing is is the feeling, the thought process. It is where your faith and feelings happen. You know, you think about trying to define what in the world the heart is from Scripture, not just like what the heart is physically, right? But what is the heart? What part of the body where he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart? What part of the heart is that? You know, it's, it's where your thoughts, it's where you're grieved, you know, because it says Jesus was grieved in his heart, right? It says that when we come to salvation, what? He takes our heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. So it's something that is transformed within a salvation process, okay? It is, it is really the life source and the core of who man is. So he says, love the Lord your God with your heart. And then I looked at, begin to look at the word soul. So the word soul, it, it does not end in death. So when you leave this life, your soul will continually prevail. So you have to understand that, you know, the, the word soul is defined as the breath of life or, or the living being. In Genesis 2-7, it says that, um, is, is that he, be, he breathed into man's nostrils and he became a living being. His soul came to life at that moment. And he had a soul. You know, so we talk about, you know, the, the soul part of man, you know, which I've always limited it to, you know, your mind, your will and emotions. Right. You know, so when we, when we break it into those three categories, our mind is what we think. OK, our passing thoughts, what goes through it. So we love the Lord in the way we think. And then we talk about our will. What are we driven to do? What is the nature of what we're driven to? In, in our drive, are we towards God? Are we loving God with, it, with our perfect will? And then with our emotions, you know, how you feel. So the base emotion systems are happy, sad, anger, disgust, and surprised. So these are basic. So in all of these, am I loving the Lord in these? You know, so I was thinking about, you know, your soul, your mind, and then I got into the, then it says mind again. So I've always defined your soul as your mind, will, and emotions. Well, then I got tripped up in my thinking when it said mind again. I said, well, if your soul is kind of contributed to your mind, will, and emotions, and it says mind again, what is the difference between the two? So when we talk about your soul, I believe what it, what it is referring to is your your passing thoughts, what your mind is focused on, you know, the, you know that, that you're, the, the motives of your mind are pure. But I believe, and this is my own interpretation of it, but your mind would be derived as your deep thoughts, okay? So this is what you, what you think to be true, what you understand. You know, you believe in, what you believe in your mind is your reality. Do you have that picture of that Okay, so look at this. So I really believe that when we talk about the mind, it is talking about the subconscious mind, the deep-rooted thought process that, that, that 
it, 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 it formulates everything we stand for, everything we believe. So I believe that it's talking about our deep thought. You know, so look at some of these, our long-term memory, our emotions and feelings, habits, relationship patterns, even addictions, you know, uh, involuntary bodily functions, just things that our body just does that we don't even think about, that these deep thoughts are to also to honor God. Our creativity, our developmental stages, our spiritual connection. So in our subconsciousness, you know, and then if you go below, below there, that it's your unconsciousness. You know, that's the next layer of, you know, so your, your conscious mind is the things that go in and out of your mind. Your, your subconscious are these deep-rooted things that you can think about it, but you don't think about it. You know, it's like driving a vehicle. When you get better at driving a vehicle, I don't know if you've ever driven a standard or whatever, but at first it's all over the place, and then you just learn how to do it, and then you can just do it without thinking. You don't think, hey, push the clutch, hit the brake, pull the, you know, the hokey-pokey shovel trying to drive it, or, or riding a bike, same thing. It, it, gets, it gets rooted really down in your subconscious mind, your deep thought. So in our deep thought of who we are, do we love the Lord our God? Now, sometimes those things take time to reinforce and to create, but I believe that's what God was saying when he said, you know, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with the deepest part of who you are. You know, so if you want to say in conclusion, what does it mean? Every single part of who you are should love God. All of it. Well, even my temporary thoughts, even my gutter thoughts, absolutely, they should all align with who God is. Your soul should glorify God, and your soul doesn't feel like it. We're emotional people. We have good emotional days. We have bad emotional days. But that even our emotions, our will, would, would please God, that we would love God with all of it. So we are to love God with every part of our being, our heart, our soul, and mind. So loving God. So what does it really take to show God that we love him? Have any of you ever heard the saying, you know, just don't tell me you love me. Show me you love me, said every wife. Ever been there? You could tell me, baby, but show me. You know, words don't mean anything. There's action required sometimes, right? Amen. Nobody wants action. Husbands, you're all off the hook for Valentine's Day. Not. Don't take that as a serious thing. Make sure you're prepared for that. So if, don't just tell me you love me. Show, show me you love me. So love should be seen by our actions, not just by what we say. I can say I love God all day long, but if I don't live for him, it doesn't matter. My words can, can glorify God, but my actions can be far from him. That's what I'm talking about. Love is always going to require action. So, you know, does what, does what you do reflect love for someone or something? Does it reflect our love towards God? So, so John 14, 15, it says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. You will do what I say. You will follow my precepts. You will pay attention to my, my word. You, you will care what I care about. But you will be obedient to it if you love me. That is a, that is, that's a conditional statement, guys. If your spouse has ever said those words to you, if you love me, oh, you're in deep conversation. But, that, but that's what he said. If you love me, you will obey my commands. You will do what I say. You will care about what I care about. So we show we love God by being obedient to what he has said in his word. So loving God should be something that we want to do, not something we have to do. 
We shouldn't be doing it out of obligation or because I feel forced, but it should be a byproduct of my love for God causes my action to be obedient to God every single time. Now, sometimes we don't want to do it or we don't feel like it, you know, because our, our, our emotions, right? That's what I'm talking about. But with all of our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, would glorify God. That we would love God with all of that. So you mean the uh, I don't feel like it is, needs to glorify God? Absolutely. Well, I don't want to. It doesn't matter. That those things, even those things, that we should love the Lord our God with all of that. So if we reverse the Scripture... This is what it would read. It says, if we hate God, then we will do whatever we want rather than what God wants. How many of us are guilty of that at some point in our life or another, right? We've all been there. But for us to be disobedient to His Word or not honor Him at His Word, it is the equivalent of hating what God, who God is. Hate versus love. I mean, that's two extremes, right? So loving God... Is, is really loving what he loves and hating what he hates. So two of the things that we can do to always stay obedient to all of his commands, he simplified it for us because, you know, I think some of us are guilty of not always reading all of the word of God, but we can filter everything by is this loving God and is this loving people? And if it's loving God and it's loving people, we will be fulfilling the fullness of God's word. He simplified it for us. He didn't want, he didn't want to overcomplicate it for us, but he also wanted us to be without excuse. Well, God, I don't know what your whole word says. I haven't read it all, which is still our fault. So he just said, I'll give you two things. Love God, love people. So he's going to begin to show you in your life where you are loving God or you're hating God, where you're loving people or you're hating people. I believe that as we begin to reflect and we focus on something, then he begins to pinpoint things. Because that's what I'm believing, you know, that as we share these words, that it, it would convict you, it would change the way you think. It, it would cause you to align to the fullness of God's word. Make sure that we always apply these messages personally. Don't be thinking about the person that needs to be hearing this word. And the people that laugh said, okay, I'll start paying attention, Pastor Noe. Quit thinking about who should have been here or who needs to listen to the podcast. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what, many people don't have a problem loving God because he is perfect and he's worthy of our love. But what about someone who doesn't deserve our love? Think about your own life just for a moment. I want you to pause and reflect on this. Romans 5, 8. It says, but God demonstrates he showed his love for us in this. This is what he did to demonstrate his love to and for us. It says, while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still yet sinners in the, in the worst place in our lives, God chose to love us. We were, we, I mean, according to the world standard, we should have been unlovable. Right? So that's how God demonstrated His love to us. So even when we were unlovable, Christ died for us and loved us. So in return, God asked us to love others with the same love that He loved us with. That's hard, guys. It's easy to receive that love. It is hard to give that love to people who we deem undeserving of it. But what that does when you make that choice to withhold love from our neighbor or from those around us, you choose to be judged and you choose to be God. And that God will not allow that. He will deal with you. He will convict you. He will, he will address that. If we choose to withhold love, it didn't say if you feel like it. 
Love God, and if you really feel like loving others, you can do it, but it's not that big a deal. No, he said love God and love people. Love God, love your neighbors, right? So God is asking us to love others with the same love that he had for us. Giving love should, should have nothing to do with if you are deserving of it. Because if that was the case, none of us would get any love from the Father. Did you hear that? If it was based on merit or if I deserved it or if I was good enough. It says, all have fallen short of the glory of God, deserving of death. But the blood and the forgiveness and God choosing us while we were still yet sinners changed the whole variable. But he, esta he established the standard for us. He said, just like I love, I'm asking you to love. So what about this loving others? So let's look at this principle of loving others. So when John was talking you know, here, was he talking about the Christians or the individuals in the church? Or was he referring to people, even the ones who don't know Christ? Let's look at this passage in 1 John 4, 7 through 12. First John 4, 7 through 12. So this is what it says. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. That's a hard scripture. It says, if you do not love, it's because you don't know him, because God is love. So this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Okay, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Okay, let's go down to verse 20 and 21. And so in 20, it says, if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. They're inseparable, guys. If you love God, you're going to love your brother. If you don't love God, you're not going to love your brother. You know, you can't love God and hate your brother. That's what he's saying. He says, it, it cannot work that way. If you do not love your brother as I love them, the love of God is not in you. <clears throat> you guys realize that? So if you say, well, I don't love my brother. I don't care about my sister in Christ. I don't care about the people that I'm around, that I'm associated with. Then you need to allow God's love invade your life. Maybe you're saying this morning, Noe, I've loved, but it's hurt. I can't trust people. I have trust issues. I, 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 you know, I've been hurt one too many times. Allow God's love to begin to heal that. Because it wasn't conditional. It didn't say that if you were loved right in this earth, that then therefore you can love. It says to love as Christ has loved. So God will heal your heart. He'll redeem it so that you might love God and love people well. But we got to allow God to do that work. We love because he first loved us. So that word neighbor, you know, I looked it up. It, you know, by definition, it says those who are in close proximity to you, those who are near, your, your, your fellow man, your Christian or your friend. You know, th these are not just those who are Christians, 
I know in that phrase it says, he who loves his brother, his sister, you know, he was using it to where it would sound like it would be limited to the church, but it is really referring to everyone, that we would love as Christ loved the world, the people that we're close to. John 15, 12 through 13, it says, this is my command, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no, no one than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. So if you love like Christ loved, we lay our life down as a ransom for all humanity. Is that not what Christ did? You know, he didn't say, yeah, you're, you know, I'll do it for you, I'll do it for you, but man, these guys over here, nah. He didn't do that. He gladly laid down his life for the sins of the world. You know, we've talked about the scripture that, you know, his, his heart and his desire is that no man should perish. We've got to understand who the nature of God is here. He wasn't selecting and he, was, he, wasn't, he wasn't limiting that atonement. He poured out the blood for the sake of the world, for all that might come in and abide in his house. A ransom for all humanity. To truly love others as Christ demands, we must receive God's love. And I really believe that's something God wants to do this morning. Maybe in your life, God is wanting to just release His love in a new capacity so that it may enable you to love others. Look on the backside. If we are not loving others, we, mean, we need more measure of the love of God in our life. And less of our love. How many of your own ability to love has run out before in your life? Every day. <laughs> it's like I, it gets to the end. It's like I have nothing left to pour out. But that's when the love of God and His grace in our life gives us the ability to continually love at all times. We love because He first loved us. So without knowing the love of, of God, we will be, it'll be nearly impossible to love others fully to the degree that God demanded. So we have to love God and we have to love people. It's a new command that He's given us. You guys realize that? It's, it's, it's something that uh, is dear to God's heart. It's something that I think as, as it says that you will be known as my disciples because of what? Your love for one another. So that love for one another, it has to start here, guys. If we can't love those that are in Christ, man, it's going to be impossible to love those who are not in Christ. I mean, because we all should be of the same DNA. We should be all of the same bloodline. We should all have the same thought process. We should all be pursuing to be more Christ-like, quick to forgive, quick to repent. Amen. You know, I had a, a revelation this morning, man. Uh, we, we had a lot of stuff going on this morning, had a few technical issues, and I gave my wife my flash drive, and I was standing up here, and I'm sitting here doing something. All of a sudden, I see my flash drive come right in front of my face. I'm like, hey, hold on just a second. I thought it was my wife. I looked up and it was Michael. So immediately I stopped and said, man, I'm so sorry. I thought you were my wife. So I probably said, hey, that's cool. But then God wouldn't let that go. He said, so you would be willing to do that to your wife, but not Michael. So I was like, man, all of a sudden this revelation of where my heart, when I was when I was ruffled or when I was put in a stressful, the ugly begins to come out. And where I choose to treat my wife differently than everybody else. It's a hard lesson for me, guys. 
So I need God's grace of love and compassion and patience just as much as all the rest of you. And that happened to Pastor Noe on a Sunday morning. The best day that I'm supposed to be operating on all cylinders right before the service starts. And I told my wife up there, I said, you know what I did? I said, I felt so bad. Mike, I'm so sorry, man. He's like, it's good, man. I don't really care. I care a lot. Okay. Uh, I went up there and I told her what happened. She goes, well, I'm glad, glad, glad that God showed you that instead of me telling you that. She said she liked that revelation. But that's how God works, guys. God will deal with you. You realize that? God will deal with your heart issues if we allow him. And he'll speak to us and he'll give us a, he'll give us kind of those, uh, 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 you sure about that? And when he does that, pay attention to what he is causing you to focus on, what he's asking you to deal with when you've responded without love. Because it was pretty snarky, man. I'm glad I didn't do it and everyone heard me, but I guess I threw it out there now that everybody knows I did it. But it was ugly, guys, and I, and I just heard it, and then I looked, I was like, oh, man. But that I would be okay reducing my love and my respect for my spouse and be okay with that. You guys stand up with us. Loving God and loving people, it's what it's all about, that God will continue work, to work in our lives and change us. How many of you guys need, guys need continual changing, <laughs> continual grace in our lives? So... But before I release you, if, you if, if me just talking about the love of God, if you have never really, you say, yeah, no, I'm a believer. I, I've, you know, I've, I've surrendered my life to God, but I have never known the love of God like I feel you talking about today. I, I've never trusted him fully. And, and maybe it's been a byproduct of you not being loved right. Here on the earth, you know, your, your, your mother, your father, maybe you're mistreated, you know, a, a boyfriend, whatever it may be, girlfriend, you know, girls can do it too, okay? You know, let me throw that in there. <laughs> can be just as cruel, can be just as ugly, it doesn't matter who you are. But if that has caused you this morning to not receive the love of God like he desires to release in your life, I want you to come forward and I believe he's going to heal your heart today. And he is going to restore to you the joy of his salvation. He is going to give you a love that, that begins to heal and mend a broken heart so that you can love him and love people. Because he would never ask us to do something that we were unable to do. You realize that? He wouldn't say, hey, love God and love people, but you can't accomplish it. No, there, there's a way to accomplish it, but it's by God working in our heart, giving us a heart transplant, fixing those, those calloused areas that need his attention today. Thank you for joining us for the Harvest Time Church podcast. We hope you've been encouraged and empowered. If you'd like more information about our family, please write us at 42 FM 2540 South, Bay City, Texas 77414. Or check us out on the web at harvesttimebaycity.com.